You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows Trio programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former Trio staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with Trio. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have Kelvin Weathers, a graduate of Texas Southern University. He is on the podcast because he is a Trio-affiliated person. He is an advocate, and he wants to talk about his uh, educational journey, his experiences, and the emphasis on why education is important. Again, coming up on the podcast, Kelvin Weathers. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario Riley, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can be a patron of Let's Talk Trio podcast. Head on over to Patreon, look for Let's Talk Trio. You can choose a patron level. Level one starts at a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you are a business and would like to advertise on this podcast, we do have a patron level at $100 a month. $100 a month will allow you to um, get your ad on this podcast. We will weave it in. uh, And uh, yeah, for every episode that we publish, your ad will be featured in that podcast. If you would like to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast, please send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again, it's L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode coming up with Kelvin Weathers. Uh, I look forward to you all listening to this. I think it was a very great conversation. So yeah, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is a 2010 graduate of Texas Southern University holding a degree in political science and government. His hobbies and interests include learning about achievement, motivating young people, and how to increase engagement. Our guest also currently serves as a student mentor for the Chauncey Glover Project and is an educational consultant for Weathers Enterprise. Welcome, Kelvin, to the podcast. Kelvin Weathers, welcome. 
Well, thank you, Juan. I'm I'm glad to be on your platform. Appreciate appreciate the opportunity to share and engage your your network. Thank you. We are so fortunate to have you. Thank you so much for being for agreeing to be on the podcast. Well, it's an honor. Thank you very much. Appreciate. It. How are things in uh, Houston? Uh, things at this time, I don't you know, are going. Uh, you know, it's up and down. You've had a World Series win. Oh, that's People right. Excited about the Astros. Uh, and, um, you know, you have the other issues with cities, you know, you have crime, you have other issues that are going on. Uh, even a, a famous, uh, uh, one of the Migos rapper was uh, killed last week in Houston. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. So you have some um, highs and you have, you know, a couple of lows, but, you know, um, you know, I, all, I guess, in hot humid, for the most part, Houston is pretty well. All right. Um, we are very we're getting very close to the holiday season. At this point of our recording, we are closer to the end of the semester for a lot of college students and for mm -hmm. high school students and middle school and all that. Uh, will the holidays look a little different for you compared to the last year's and the previous years? Uh, most definitely. That's a great question. With, with COVID, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, we not out of the woods completely, but you know, years past, you had big Thanksgiving, you know, turkey and dressing and cranberry, oh gosh, yeah. you know, and dressing macaroni and cheese and, you know, yams and all of the fixings and big family gathering. And um, it'll be a little different mm -hmm. um, with, you know, some family members gone and different people spread out and different things. So it's just going to be a little bit differently. And you know, it's kind of a seasonal time where people can deal with seasonal anxiety and seasonal depression that can't come from. But but it, but it's uh, going to be pretty good, though, I, I think, overall. Right on. And for you, what does that uh, holiday entail like uh, the fall break? You're, you're going to go visit family, uh, go home, get some good food. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, going to, you know, hopefully family will come and be, you know, I have a brother in San Antonio. I mean, uh, I'm an oldest of five and. Uh, a brother, he teaches in San Antonio, and my other siblings are here. Uh, so I think we'll get together. My mom's birthday is right the, the week before, so we'll get together with her the week before Thanksgiving. So um, uh, it, it may not be a traditional, uh, normally, you know, turkey, and but but it'll be a, it'll still be a good Thanksgiving though. So I'm, right. I'm probably going to visit family and uh, stay local. Uh, I don't know if I'll be traveling, but hopefully family will come and we'll, we'll get together uh, in the meantime. Very good. Very good. Glad to hear it. Uh, so you listed at the very beginning of your intro, we, we talked a little bit about, or I, I mentioned that you love to learn, love to continue engaging young folks and, and getting them motivated. And you briefly mentioned that you're a huge uh, movie buff as well. Uh, is this something that, uh, you you know, that motivates you? What, what motivates you to do these things? Uh, well, I mean, it motivates me because being, you know, uh, uh, low in, coming from a family, uh, you know, first generation background, uh, and I didn't really know about, I didn't really think of it much until I got out of college. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, parents uh, didn't finish college. Uh, so me, me being a kind of, it drives me to want to, uh, you know, being the oldest of five, it drives me to just want to be successful and want to, to, because I've always been viewed, I thought I've, I've kind of been viewed, I don't want to say always, but I've kind of been viewed as the underdog kind of a lot, especially when young, when you are low income, when you are first generation or or just being a minority or even mm -hmm. you can be viewed as the underdog. So that kind of drives me to drives me to want to 
to do my best is because of you know being uh, like the the undersized uh, you know the undersized uh, guy in the fight kind of yeah. So you're. It sounds like you feel like you're often underestimated or almost uh, kind of pushed to the side and say ah, but you really like to display that you you have a lot of strength inside of you. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I would say that that being you know underestimated, under overlooked, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. can can push one to to want to do great, you know, to want to really excel in whatever they, they decide decide to do. So so that's that's what drives me in, in a lot of cases. It drives me because of that. Wow, amazing. Uh, how would your friends describe you if uh, they had a moment just to, to without you in the room, what would they say about you? Uh, they would say that I'm, uh, I don't, they would say that I'm, I'm a good person, that I'm, I'm easy to get along with. They would say I'm slightly introverted, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, they would say that I'm, but when you get to know me, I'm, you know, a great guy, you know, uh, you know, um, I don't know about signs or whatever people talk about cancer and this. I mean, oh, yeah. I know about that, but I, I would say that they would they would say that I'm pretty pretty even keel, pretty even tempered, and uh, you know just pretty you know uh, happy go lucky type guy. Yeah, you have an interest in government and politics uh, so much so that you graduated with a degree in that field. What sparked this interest? Um, for some reason, growing up, I I used to be like. You know, and I don't, it's not much as much now, but I used to be really a big C-SPAN. I, I love to watch that and, and uh, you know, think about uh, politics. I was a big numbers and politics, just about the, 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 the making of government and the making of politics and how people got involved. And so um, uh, my minor was journalism. So I thought about journalism, but then I, I was saying, you know, political science was uh, something that, um, I, I, you know, because I because I liked the the study of politics and mm-hmm. you know not the grimy part of it, I guess, but the kind of the study of it. It was kind of like what I was intrigued by. Okay, very cool. Uh, what is a quote or saying that you live by? Um, there's a few, but I, I love you know Dr. Benjamin Mays has one about uh, uh, you know he talks about all we have is just one minute, just sixty seconds in it. Forced mm-hmm. upon me, I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it, neither choose it. But it's up to me to use it, and I'll suffer if I lose it. And give an account if I abuse it. It's a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Uh, and that, you know, the the brevity of life, the shortness of life, kind of drives me. And that's kind of what um, I, I think about and live by. Uh, and, and you know, about you know, making the most of the time that I have, uh, you know, on Earth to make a difference in the world. Right on. I like that. I think a, a variety of instructors, teachers uh, tend to talk to students and to other adults, even in, in adult training, right? We think about this long-term goals and this overtime, but I really like the emphasis on the quote that you have is that we're we're also living minute by minute. Yeah. Yes. Um, not to be morbid, but, but we are, you know, we are, uh, you know, we, we are living, uh, like you said, minute by minute, you know, not we don't have forever to make the impact that we can in the world right. and that we, you know, if we are given the opportunity to do so. So, so, um, that's, that's one of the things I live by. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't always get, get everything right, but that's one of the things I live by is I like you know, that. making the most of my time. 
Absolutely. I like that. It's a very, very cool uh, saying, quote, that that uh, you keep uh, ahead of, of for yourself. Uh, in your opinion, what makes education important at a time when there's a, genera- a general apprehension toward high- higher education? As you know, uh, a lot of a lot of folks are now kind of wondering, like, well, what is the purpose of higher education? Mm-hmm. Um, for you, what makes education still important to this day? Um. I think the the reason why education is always important, and it's uh, but I think the the, only, the dis, one of the disconnects because of the cost uh, factor associated with it, uh, and the 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 you know just the cost. But as far as learning, um, education is still a tremendous tool for advancement and for for persons mm-hmm. that succeed. Um, if we can kind of narrow some of the gap. And I think even you know, with community colleges and other things that can help with that. But but I think, uh, like you said, with the general feeling that some have about higher education and is it worth it to get a degree? Is it worth it just to, you know, right. or to go to college and to get advanced degrees? And, you know, I sometimes even tell people like, you know, kind of even with higher education is viewed as like uh, degrees is like viewed as like uh, the Olympics. It's like, you know, doctorate is the gold and. Uh, you know, oh. ba- masters is the silver and bachelors is the bronze, and right. and that may not always be the case that that's that should be thought that way. But but I, but education, um, so you you're more well rounded and you're more of a well versed person when you have knowledge and when you have education. Absolutely, uh, yeah, I agree. I think that there's uh there's always been this tendency for. Uh, folks to either malign uh, higher education as a, as a say like oh, you don't have to get you know why get a master's why get a doctorate yeah. you can you can do this but I think uh, when when people get into their fields they see like oh I can advance my learning or my understanding mm-hmm. by getting a master's or a doctorate mm-hmm. excellent yes yes definitely uh, and I mean just in the, in the 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 achieve you know just the doing you know, getting to the top doing your your best. Uh, as always, and um, as always, you know, should be should be encouraged, even if that means you you take an alternate path. That even if that means you may go to trade school to OE, but it should, or even if that means you start a community college and then advance upon, you know, to go toward that for the path. Uh, but but definitely get get your get your knowledge and get the education that you need to get. Absolutely. So, Kelvin, we're recording this podcast episode in the midst of what was a very tense election season. Mm, yes, um, yes. I, and I think generally there's a lot of people disillusioned with politics and government. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you say to folks who are discouraged about what they, what they see currently in government? Well, I, I think because the, the you know, I think we, we have to, I, I tell that we need to be involved and make the difference in that. Um, if we're involved, if we, you know, our, our vote does matter. Our vote makes a difference. Certainly, uh, you know, people die. People, if if it didn't make a difference, people would not be so adamant in trying to stop people and trying to put new laws in place and other things to stop people from being involved. So, so I think the disillusionment somewhat is because of just the coarseness of the, the discourse a lot of times and. And just, you know, unfortunately, we've become in a lot of ways, sometimes a society just like meaner uh, in the culture. So right. I think if we can get back to just more of a, just more of a civil, civil, then I think people would be more, more, you know, more apt to be involved in politics. But I think just because of just the, just the nature of, of the discussion and, and just how people talk and, 
the political ads it just seems like it's so negative and so that's why sometimes people are just disillusioned with the whole process I like that you emphasize the fact that uh, people need to get involved. I think politics uh, and and election season, it's it's something that, right, if we get involved and and have our voices heard that way, uh, it's very, very important. Um, Can I just say one thing? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just please. I I think I was reading something that says like that. This past election, the Gen Z voter, you had a congressman, he's 25, he just elected, I think, uh, think Maxwell Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida. Um, but I think it's, I read a story, study that said that Gen Z voters that voted at like the highest rate in the midterms, like the second highest uh, in this last midterm election. So yeah. um, definitely, I mean, uh, young people, I think, are involved, uh, are getting more involved, and, and especially with some of the things that happened, they, they see the, the need to be, to be you know, involved and, and vote. Right on. Awesome. And thank you for that observation, Kelvin. I think it's super important for our audience to understand that, right, uh, even TRIO programs uh, get a, get a, get impacted by the election. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of who we send forward and who, yeah. uh, who gets to advocate for money to fund TRIO programs. Exactly. Yes. I mean, a lot of the, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as Council of Opposite, COE highlights that and a lot of the Congress people who I think even, um, and I'm not making a political statement, I think Senator Warnock was a, was a TRIO. Uh, yes. You know, he was a part of Upper Bound when he was in in, uh, in college, and uh, um, even some other Congress people and, and representatives uh, have advocated for Trio. And um, I think I even saw the, last week that uh, Senator from Alaska, um, the senator, the sitting senator, she went to a Trio event that they had in Buffalo or in oh, Alaska. Right. So, yeah. so definitely a lot of uh, you know because of if if Trios funded. If, if, if you have different people who have different ideas and, and about the government and their view of government and, and funding and if their view of whatever, then it's going to affect uh, what services TRIO can provide. Right on. Very well said. I, I, I like that. Um, we're going to turn the clock, the clock uh, quite a bit, Kelvin. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of go back to the beginning with you. What were you like growing up? Um, I was the bad. Well, I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, I was a voracious reader. Uh, you know, I was the type of guy when, when my parents at one time, um, well, one of my when I worked at worked at a liquor store even, and I would they had magazines. I would pick up the magazines and read like Jed, and I would flip through the different things. And they just I was known as just like the kind of like the guy. You know, I was known as like that. Um, I want. I don't want to say I was. Uh, I don't want to say I was, you know, um, people viewed me, Nick, but I mean, I was kind of like known as like the, the, you know, I wasn't the life of the party growing up, but I was kind of like the, uh, the one that people was like, oh, he, he's the intellect, you know, intellectual child. Right, right, right. Somewhat, somewhat. So it sounds like to me, uh, talk to us a little bit about your upbringing, uh, your family. What was that like? Uh, who are they? Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I have uh, I have a sister. I have uh, three brothers and a sister. I'm the oldest of five. Um, so growing up, we you know we tra- we were in Houston and transition to different places. Uh, um, most of most of my family isn't. Most of them are in Texas. Some of them are in different parts of the the uh, different states. But most of most of the families in Texas. Um, so, you know, growing up in Houston, growing up, you know, we grew up, we were, 
the middle class area growing up and we moved to like the inner city and we kind of transitioned around. So, um, uh, you know, and my parents, uh, you know, they, they separated when I was nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, you know, we went to different schools and we were in different, different parts of town and, and matriculated to different parts of different things and ended up, some of my siblings ended up, uh, going into education as teachers, uh, mm-hmm. after a while. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of, uh, kind of, you know, our family history. I mean, I have a, I have a somewhat big family, a lot of cousins and nieces and nephews. You know, I have, um, you know, aunts who have like seven. Well, my mother, she has six. She was one of seven girls. Wow. And, um, you know, some of her, um, well, her, her, uh, her sisters, they had like nine and 11 kids. And, wow. And we have, you know, kind of somewhat big family. Yeah. Right on. Uh, do you remember what you felt towards school? What was your experience? Was was it positive, neutral, negative? It's, just from the early feedback that you're saying is that you were ve- a very studious student. Well, I went off, I kind of got off the path. I mean, I loved, uh, I love math. I love numbers. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a big, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still, a lot of times people would tell me, I get told, you know, it's not always about numbers, but I still, you know, <laughs> like numbers counting that sort of thing but um i would say in middle school i kind of got sidetracked in high school i got sidetracked um for a little bit but then i got came back on and got back on course um later on uh but it's kind of like uh it was kind of like that low i don't know if it was just being disillusioned with school or not Mm. being um not really being, you know, literally capturing my attention or interested in certain parts of high school. Mm. Or so so that's kind of where I, I kind of veered off somewhat. Okay. Uh, and actually, this great segue to this next question about giving us a round down about your elementary school experience. What was that like? Well, I loved it. I mean, I had my favorite teacher, Ms. Bryant, at Peck, Peck Elementary. We uh, we we started Briargate. I went to Briargate Elementary growing up. Then when after uh, my parents separated, then we went. We moved from Missouri City area to, to uh, and I went to Peck Elementary. Uh, and my, I think one of my favorite teachers, I don't think she did not still live Miss Bryant, was at Peck Elementary. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I um, you know, I, I'll run across people sometimes, even a couple of guys, uh, I'll see them at Walmart or see them, so they're like, hey, Kelvin, you know, and I'm like, I don't even you know, they still remember me from elementary mm-hmm. school. Uh-huh. Um, but, but at Peck, that's kind of, um, where I, I learned and, and um, where I, I developed, a, uh, I think, a good footing in, in elementary school. Right on, right on. Uh, earlier, you were talking about how you were really gravitated toward numbers. Uh, were there any other favorite topics or subjects in school? Um, I would say that, I mean, math, what, I mean, not the like, not calculus and trigonometry, but like, you know, uh math you know multiplication certainly and, um, yeah. some algebraic equations um uh later on economics i, I like economics was a but um i'd say social studies to a degree um history somewhat you know depend but you know history was not um not all of the, the history that we should have gotten was not really given mm. uh, when we were mm-hmm. in schools, but um, but so I would say math and social studies were kind of my two favorite subjects. 
Kelvin, I think we could spend the rest of the podcast four hours talking about history. Uh, so I'm a history buff myself. And I, could, I could talk history all day with you because I agree. I think uh, there's a lot of context missing in U.S. history. Um, and especially as we uh, a lot of history of textbooks and I'm talking generally usually glaze over uh, the dark parts of uh, U.S. history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The dark parts. you know, uh, now, you know, even a lot of times. Uh, when it's you know quote unquote Columbus Day, you know you have people putting on social media saying the only only uh, only Christopher I recognize is you know and it's a pig of Christopher Wallace, a notorious D.I.G. Mm. <laughs> it's like the only you know that's the only Christopher <laughs> I even think about. So yeah. the, the dark you know um, parts of history, you know, and I think all I think and, and that can get into the deeper discussion when we talk about critical race theory and some oh, other things sure. that are you know very hot button type topics even in today's time. I think there's a, a still a lot of uh, hesitation to talk about right these uh, the the parts that uh, had that brought the U.S. history to this point yeah. uh, that it's difficult for people to acknowledge um, and I think it's it's important conversation to have so thank you for uh, entertaining my my question and for entertaining my thoughts on that one um, sure talk to me about a little bit about your middle middle school experience you went to elementary. Uh, transitioned into middle school. What was that like for you? And uh, yeah, what did you experience? Um, when, I, when I went to James D. Ryan Middle School in Houston, um, I experienced, I would say, a little bit of bullying, but it wasn't. Uh, and then, you know, I learned to you know stand up for myself. Um, the uh, the school that it was back at the time, even when. Uh, was an age of where you had principals who were kind of more hands-on in the school system. Mm -hmm. And so in the two years that I was in middle school, um, it was a, it was a time where I kind of got even, like I was talking about, veered off a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. I, I got great, great. I thought I you know, really did well in elementary school as far as grades. Middle school, it kind of started to go down a little bit and, and then to have to be picked back up. So um, that was kind of my experience. Uh, because it was a new school, a new environment, kind of a, a new new area. But the area is kind of interesting that it was the area of the school that I went to was close to a lot of my family, where a lot of family lived. Mm -hmm. But um, it was just a different uh, atmosphere, and I kind of um, just got sidetracked somewhat in in the middle school uh, for those that time. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, and if I ask the question and you want to share, but later decide that you want to edit this part out, what what was the sidetrack moment for you? What uh, what was veering you off? Uh, well, I say just you know, I mean the girls, and I mean the uh, the uh, the 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 sometimes with minority male students, they're 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 brilliant students, and they're they're cap, you know, but sometimes they don't see people that look like them or men or others who mm -hmm. and were teaching them or or the, the subject matter is not really made. It's not even presented in such a way that captures, keeps their attention. Right. Uh, and I think that was some of the some of where I went off uh, and where then I got back on track, uh, you know, in high school. Okay. Um, and while while we're in this moment of sharing, uh, uh, know that I was very much that student that was under the radar. I looked like a very studious student, but a lot of uh, 
a lot of my sidetrack moments came from disengagement and just wanting to get by doing just enough so the teachers can get off my back. I didn't want them yeah. just breathing down my neck all the time. Um, so yeah, thank you. Again, thank you for sharing that, Kelvin. Uh, when did you learn or how did you learn about the TRIO programs? Uh, after, just uh, after, you know, going to Texas Southern and after, because I, I started at a community college. Okay. Um, I was I worked to to get to my master, uh, bachelor's degree and uh, even you know further education. I'm thinking of, of going to. I, I didn't go just to to Texas Southern. I went to Houston Community College, and then that's when I learned uh, about Trio. Uh, and I really wasn't involved, mm -hmm. uh, but I learned about you know what what it can do as far as upward bound and high school because. Uh, one of the trio and HCC that they zoned to the high school that I there they cover the high school that I attended, so oh, that's okay. kind of how I, I found out about the uh, the trio pro, trio programs and and not the, as far as the knowledge I have now, but that's kind of how I kind of learned about you know what what trio can do can do to help can do to help people can help especially young young people. Right on. So for you, it was really more didn't get to join the program, but you became an advocate because of hindsight. You 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 saw what the program was doing. Doing what is it about those programs? What drew you in? Uh, the 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 level of hands on and the level of people just caring about, uh, you know, uh, people. You know, it's kind of like even with in college, you have advisors, you have different departments where young people can go to, and with trio. Uh, that's what that's what draws because of you know people that can help that can can give you assistance and give you information about scholarships and give you information about uh, other other aid that can help you with you know study aid and study uh, and those type of things because those are things I needed you know study the study uh, assistance you know the the tutors and things of that nature. Right on. As you transitioned from middle school to high school, what was the thing that you were most excited about? Uh, well, I kind of like what you said about just getting out, <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting, go, going to another level. Uh, uh -huh. I was, I was in the choir, and um, I went, I was in the choir for a little while in high school. Um, my dad wanted us to run track. I think I would, if I would, I would have been good at it. He was good at it if mm. I stuck with it. But um, I, I was in the chorus in uh the choir in, in, in high school and um so so that was that's what kind of yeah i look forward to that uh you know just traveling and going to different places and singing um i look forward to that right on um so choir is that something that you really like doing did you do it competitively did you do it more as a as a group uh, you just... a, i'm sorry oh go ahead no we did it as a group you know i was a tenor yeah, I thought I could, I think I could sing back then. <laughs> I don't know what happened these days, but uh, I'm sure you can still but, can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that uh, we 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 sang, you know it wasn't it wasn't was semi competitive. We didn't really like compete against other schools. We were just somewhat we did, but then mostly we sang for the school and we would go different places and sing. But it wasn't like America's Got Talent or we weren't like really right. against, against one another. Uh -huh. It was just kind of like we would go to sing at different places. Uh, and I was, uh, so I, I was in band back in high school. And I think uh, the way that we did it, uh, so they would sometimes put us in direct competition with other schools. 
but most of the time it was you went in front of a judge as a full band and then they gave you a rating at the end and that was pretty yeah much yeah that's kind of how we that's similar it wasn't we didn't compete for cash we didn't compete for prizes you kind of got just a rating uh and we you know we had uh miss butler she was our, our choir director she was very very stickler for you know sounding the best or you know in her essence like kind of something like a operatic kind of sound that she so, was aiming for yeah so very much on the very upper echelon of choir uh type of yeah. achievement for for your instructor okay that makes sense um did you get involved with any other clubs or organizations aside from choir i know that you said sports was uh something that would have been right a track would have been uh, nice but uh uh, you felt uh, there was like a, a disconnect there. Yeah, we we did track for a second. Uh, then um, the political science club. Okay. Um, yeah. And that was that was a two inquire was was what I was involved in um, when I was in high school. At this point of your schooling career, did you give college much much thought? Um, I did. Uh, well, I, I gave it some thought, but when I when I um, when I got out, it was kind of like I you know needed to work, or I felt like I was going to work, and you know I worked for hot. I worked as, I worked the temporary positions, and then I then I, I said you know I need to get my education. So you know I went to community college and I was working, and then I started taking classes while working and, and building up at that point. So it wasn't uh, when I got out of high school. The thought was to to get an edu- to get education, but um, I didn't take the ACT. I, I, I didn't take the SAT. Some of the things that we tell young, you know, a lot of young people that I, I'm around and we mentor, but we really uh, insisted they do. I didn't do, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. And then with you know a lot of time, you know with uh, not that my parents, but they they didn't really maybe even do themselves. So or people that I knew, they really didn't really didn't think about those things. So I didn't think about it as well. What were uh, those colleges that you were considering? Uh, the, the, you know, Prairie, Texas Southern, Prairie View, uh, San Jacinto College. Um, I, I, I gone to Rice. I mean, but Rice is, you know, Ivy League school, thought of, you know, but uh, uh, I didn't, didn't know if I had the, you know, as far as going to, you know, doing the, the, the testing to get to that point. But those are some of the schools I was considering. Right on. Was there a lot of discussion with family, friends, or school counselors about college and where you wanted to go? Um, there was some. There was some, but there was not extensive. But there was some. There was some talk talk about college. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was somewhat of it, but not. It wasn't really extensive. It wasn't really. It could. I could have really. I could have more been engaged to to think to talk about it, but. Um, it wasn't really uh, not not as much. I think that there's a um, th- there's a struggle to have that connection with family, especially if you're first generation. You were sharing pre-show that you're a first generation student, so for a lot of first generation family, right, it's it's difficult to talk about college because they don't know the process, they don't know you know the steps, who they talk to, what they talk about. So. And I totally relate. I think uh, for me, it was very hard for me to to bring up college with my with my parents because 
it was like they wouldn't understand what admissions is. They wouldn't understand what uh, an application process is because that's that, yeah, the, yeah, all that. Yeah, they they don't. Uh, and and then a lot of times, it's it's almost. I mean, it, it's you know the the thought is you know because my um, always. I mean, my parents are love and they 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 always excel and push to do your best to you know to achieve. I mean, my. To, to do, you know, to, to excel in whatever you decide to do. Now, even if it right. wasn't that they even thought about said college, if, you know, if you're a marketing person, if you're an organizer, if you're a doctor, if you, whatever you decide to do, you know, if you're a suit, if you work for, for Kroger, or if you work for whatever you decide to do, you're going to, you're going to excel at it. You're not going to give just a half-hearted effort. They, they, so that was, that was really, and I, and when, and seeing, you know, my mother, you know, working two jobs and, and seeing her, you know, it, it still was a, it was a push to that, you know, even if I'm not in school, I'm going to do, I'm going to work. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm not going to just, you know, I was, I was told a lot, even, you know, a, a expression in the book that I've read says that if a man doesn't work, he can't eat. Mm, and so that mm-hmm. was kind of like drilled in me constantly. Like, you know, whatever you do, you're going, you're going to do, you're going to have some kind of skill. You're going to do something and right. you're going to give your best at it. Right on. Walk us through your senior year in high school. What were some highlights for you? What did you accomplish? What were some of your successes? Uh, the the I would say the the uh, you know the 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 club that I was involved in, uh, improvement, getting my grades up, my grades going up, you know, graduating, um, you know, seeing, you know, having family, having parents there, having. Um, you know, I was, um, it's interesting that I don't know because the first generation is kind of different because you can be a first generation student being the first of your family to go to college, or you can be first generation and you being, you know, the first of your, you can be a first generation that, you you know, you got a degree and your parents didn't get a degree. Right. So, so, um, so my, my high school, I mean, I, you know, being the clubs that I was involved in, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I was highlighted. I didn't skip as much, you know, in years before. Very good. I like that. I, I stuck down, put my head to the ground and, 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 you know, and, and, and finished and, uh, and, and my grades went up. So that, that was highlights, I believe. Very good. Uh, do you remember what you did the summer before you started college? Like, what was that summer like? Were you making some final decisions about what college you wanted to go to? Um, well, I was working. I mean, we worked. Uh, there was a theater downtown. There's a Wortham Theater, Wortham Center. Uh, yes, I worked. You know, uh, and and the the you know, and I was preparing just to 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 you know what I would do if it was military, if it was community college. I was. I had some different things I thought about. In, in that time frame. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, kind of the, the that's kind of some of one of the preparation that was made at that mm-hmm. at the time. Okay. Um, so before I even uh, reveal to the audience, and the, the audience already knows what college you went to, but not to steal our own thunder here, uh, you just said you went to a community college first before you went to Texas Southern. Uh, what What factored into that decision? Why did you make that decision? Uh, the, the cost factor and just the flexibility of being able to work and, you know, take night classes, you know, to work for a house, you know, to work during the day and take classes in the evening and then being able to conflate those and 
and it was and it was a cost, you know, kind of the cost. Uh, and I, it, I I don't I think I would have been able to pay for college, uh, but um, you know then you know not having to take out loans and you know I took out some loans when I was in college, you know, and I I wouldn't have I would wouldn't if I wouldn't do it again if I <laughs> if I had to do it over, but but. Um, but just, you know, because when I, in a community college, you didn't have to, you could pay, I could pay for schooling and, you know, work. And it was flexible with, you know, being able to work during the day and take classes at night. So that was kind of the, that was kind of a driver for reason why with Houston Community College. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, uh, you decided to, at some point you decided to transfer. Uh, can you talk to us about that decision about going to Texas Southern? What 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 uh, what was the major factor of you transferring to a different institution? Well, what you know, community college. I mean, you, after I got my associate of arts um, in '03, and then Texas Southern. Um, it was growing up. We it, it's a neighborhood next to so it's called CUNY Homes, or right? it's like it's a development project. And I had an aunt who lived in the project. So mm. I was familiar with Texas Southern from just being around and seeing. And I think even we may have, uh, when I was in school, we, we visited the campus. So I was, uh, and so I was like, you know, this is where I, I can go here and, and finish, uh, you know, at least my undergraduate degree, you know, at Texas Southern, you know, and then I, I was, you know, there's a Tiger Walk, you know, this the Tiger Walk is known for like a lot of where the, the gatherings and where the, People, uh, you know, people hang around and people, you know, gather and where the organizations gather and where the, mm -hmm. where it's like happening. So, um, so that and then, you know, that was kind of why. And and I don't uh, the Texas Southern, you didn't have a certain. It was it wasn't like direct admission, but it wasn't like you had to um, at that time. Like you didn't have to have a 4.0 to be admitted. I mean, you mm -hmm. could have a 3.0 or 2.5, and you could be admitted to the school. So. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a kind of a compare and contrast uh, in your time with uh, the community college and then at Texas Southern? Uh, well, it must have been huge differences, right? Uh, the, yeah, the difference was the, the, a great question. The difference is more so of. Uh, um, yeah, and, and I finished, you know, I, I, when I finished, I, I was working even at Texas. When I was going to Texas Southern, I was working. I would take some classes. I would work. And then leave work sometimes, and I had an arrangement where I could leave during the day and take a class and come back and go to work. Mm -hmm. um, but the, 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 I mean, you, you know, you had a bigger campus because uh, HCC has these commuter campuses. You have like a Southwest and an A Leaf, and a, what Texas Southern is like more of one central campus. Um, uh, you know, once so, you know, you're having to, you know, it was different with the instructors more so. Mm -hmm. Um, expecting you to have, you know, expecting you to have what, you know, to know what to do and to know, you know, and to not, you know, really like you to know what you need to do to, to, to get your work done and to get your, your assignments done. They were kind of like expecting that to be done. There was no, you know, we're not going to baby you, if I can use that gotcha. word. You know, you, we, we expect you, you, you should know what to do and, and you're going to, you know, to get it done. All right. All right. Um, as, as we're talking about these college experiences for you, what did college involvement look like for you in the community college and then the uh, four-year college experience? Uh, more so the, 
the the community college, you know, was more so. I wasn't as involved because a lot of kind of times I was I was going working, taking classes, you know, at night uh, in between, and then like, then just kind of like going and coming and going. Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm. at, at, at uh, Texas Southern, uh, we had you know political science uh, activities on campus, uh, and and that and so even and being involved in like the civic arena. Mm-hmm. That was kind of more so what it was as far as the Texas Southern was involved in, uh, versus what at HCC, um, there was there there is that aspect. If you if you if I saw that, if you seek out organizations, you can be involved in them. Mm-hmm. But um, I was more so just about uh, getting in and getting out more so at the HCC level. Than <laughs> uh, not not you know not lead, but just you know because like I'm taking the classes late at night. You know, I'm like getting right. in and I'm going to work in the morning. Okay. All right. Um, as you shared earlier, you have a very clear direction with government and politics. Was this something you wanted to major in when you started college? Um, yeah, I would say definitely that was, uh, um, you know, I didn't sit down with an advisor to to formulate what I was going to do. I kind of had that in my mind, mm-hmm. somewhat even going into it, of, of what that, that direction and, and the major and the minor that I would choose. Were there any other programs you were considering? Um, not, I would say the, like more so maybe, uh, oh, well, and that when I was in ACC, my major was computer science. So so I, I was uh, thinking about being a computer programmer. So that oh. was something I thought about. Interesting. Uh, what, uh, what inspired that uh, for computer programming? Well, I think I mean the the the, the numbers and, and maybe the, oh that's true the the hands-on nature of it and just that that kind of what's fascinating about it, intriguing about it. What ultimately led you to decide on government that that was going to be your major? Uh, it, I mean, basically because of like even going back to you know the the liking of politics, uh, the study of politics, uh, and I think the you know the political science was more of a seemingly like a less less of courses to finish quick yeah. you could finish quicker with the political science degree uh, versus uh, the uh, computer science area. All right, there may be more 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 costs for more costs with uh, computer science. Okay. As college graduation approached for you, do you remember what you felt? Uh, some of the mo- emotions, thoughts, feelings. What were what were you thinking about that at that point? Well, I was really. Ex- I mean, I was excited because it was interesting that. I mean, um, the year that I graduated, even well, I had. I mean, the the year actually, it was just a real. It was a real. Considering that you know, my grandmother had passed, you know, my dad's mom passed a couple months before that. And, you know, it was really, because uh, she was a real, you know, real positive person in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was just a feeling of excitement to, to know that, that uh, you know, the, the journey and the obstacles and going from, you know, not having much to, 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 to achieving and to finishing, uh, you know, that it just was a well of emotion in my, in my you know, really. It was a sense of pride, a sense of you know, a sense of excitement that kind of inside of me by by 
and um, you know, and, and I mean now even more. I mean now there's a lot of individuals who are now more like highlighting HBCUs. I would say it wasn't as highlighted as 12 years ago, but now you know it's a big you know with some of what's going on and even the people who are attending. But but it was really an exciting moment for me. It was really really just a a, a sense of you know a sense of great great joy you know to to finish. For your family, does what did that mean for them? I mean, they, you know, I remember when I talked to my mom, she was like, you know, you, you did it. You know, and she, yeah. she was really excited. And, um, you know, my, my parents being there and, um, fam, you know, um, aunts, a couple of aunts were there. And, and it was, it was an exciting moment to see, you know, to, to be able to, to, to overcome disappointments, you know, and I, as I said, I mean, you know, I had, Fails of bad grades, but even Texas, I mean, I had one semester I was on the honor roll. I was had a three, you know, I was on the honor roll a couple of times. So, mm-hmm. so, so I, I felt this sense, you know, to be able to, to work and to, to, to complete education at the same time was just a great feeling, you know, yeah. really, really about it, you know, a sense, you know, they really were a sense of pride that they have, uh, um, you know, for me uh, at that time, definitely. Very good. Uh, a little bit earlier, you were talking about work, which is another great segue. Were you thinking about jobs at this point, uh, about what where your career could take you? I wouldn't say I really was uh, okay. at that time. I, I don't think I really was until finishing. But um, because I, I stumbled upon, I, 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 the career and some of what I did, and, and uh, I kind of stumbled upon it. And, and marketing and, and, and speaking and and people thought that I was really good and, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't you know believe but I, but I but they they ended up thinking about that so I kind of thought more about uh, where I would go in the career field after after college. Okay. I didn't really think put it put much my my thing was about uh, you know not failing but finishing that was kind of how my 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 mindset was. So that really, was kind of the focus of what I had. Okay, so your mindset was really on the let's just finish this degree, let's finish what what started four years ago and finish it now. Exactly, exactly, wow. definitely. So, in looking over your resume, and I, we connected via LinkedIn, um, you've had quite a career in a variety of places, but the one consistent theme that I find is that you like helping people. Would that be fair to say? Uh, definitely that, that would be a, a, that'd be a pretty, that'd be a pretty consistent, you know, pretty consistent theme of, uh, of helping people that that's, that's pretty much whether it be working for the Better Business Bureau, whether that be mentoring, whether that be, uh, volunteering in different areas, uh, that would be pretty consistent, pretty exactly would be a pretty consistent, consistent theme. So the audience is probably wondering at this point, how did you get there? Uh, from all these positions that you've held, uh, being a college graduate, uh, what led you from getting in that uh, career journey and leading you to the path you're in now? What what led to all that? Uh, the the kind of connecting with the programs and connecting with educators, um, and, and then connecting with young people and then the, the mentoring program and learning about all of what what uh, 
trio and what what just higher education offers to, to young people is what kind of that led me into that direction just meeting meeting um you know came random man met a couple of individuals uh and then even even it was a uh a course not it was like a class that I, I was related to consulting and that kind of led me into the consulting and speaking and uh oh wow and and, and, and that and that that's kind of what segue went into that into that field right on uh so, to the field that i'm in now not yeah. so it, you really went from uh you know uh, doing these jobs uh better business bureau and other things but you learned about consultancy yeah, learning about, I mean, my, 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 as I say, my, 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 all of my siblings, my, my brother's a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my sister's a high school teacher. My brother's a middle school teacher. And my brother's a middle school teacher. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're involved in education. And I, I, I kind of pick their brain sometimes. And, and then that kind of also led me into to what I do, uh, to doing now. Right on, right on. Um, one thing that you, what another common thing that I've also noticed in the, in these jobs that you've held that you also do a lot of mentoring. Why does that uh, speak so importantly to you? Um, I, I love to be a, I love to be able to just to to, to to you know I'd love to be around young people and to to see you know to be there for them to be there for their their advancement and how I can can better better talk to them, better encourage, inspire, just offer a tip or or aid. Uh, you know, I, I just and that that's what that's what that I really like to that's one of the things I like to, to do. And so that that's why the mentoring the one program that I was mentoring and involved in, it was for a year and a half we were involved in it virtually and then in person, but mm-hmm. it was cut because of uh, the school district wanted to increase funding for teachers. Oh, I see. so that mentoring program ended. Mm-hmm. I hope I don't know if it'll come back. Hopefully, it will. But if, if it, but that program ended, and so then I, I'll segue into the Chauncey Glover Project as a as a mentor. All right. Um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about what you do. What is, can you tell the audience? What is it that you do? And uh, yeah, how long have you been doing it? Uh, well, that what the Chauncey Glover Project has been for the last few months, basically. We we uh, help young people. You know, they're they are they have training. They have uh, you know they have workshops, whether it's financial literacy workshops, scholarship preparation. They go to universities. They we were, they cooking with a twist a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so they learn life skills. They learn social skills, and we're you know there to mentor to to kind of help and aid. You know, with, even with study. Have study hall and they have things of that nature. So some of the mistakes that I made, as far as you know, uh, loans and some of the things, they won't make those same mistakes uh, that that I made. So that's kind of where we kind of where we can can guess what we we do to help them as far as with the Chauncey Glover Project. And then I I I, I present to um, middle schools or high schools or or even with trio programs or other schools and speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and just uh, you know, talking about goal setting, talking about different things for for the programs. That's and, fantastic. And, yeah. How long have you been doing the the uh, public speaking and and speaking to other to the trio programs? How long have you been doing that? 
Uh, about three years now, about three years as far as different programs, whether it be uh, if they have virtual or, or conferences where they're, you know, they have leadership conferences and they have different programs or just coming in person to the university or, or doing something virtual. How, if a program is interested in having you as a uh, motivational speaker or if they wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Uh, they, well, we, we're going to have a website. I need to get one up soon. <laughs> they can contact <laughs> me through, through LinkedIn. They contact me through Facebook. They contact me through email, a YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel. Wow. Uh, okay. Kelvin Weathers uh, they, on YouTube or LinkedIn. And um, I, I'm going to have a website that they can reach me. They can email me uh, to the email to my Kelvin LW or at Hotmail or weatherskelvin44 at gmail.com. They can email me, reach out to me that way, or, or and they have a YouTube channel and LinkedIn. All, all, all of my information is the same name, whether it be Fantastic. Facebook, LinkedIn, or et cetera. Would it be okay for me to include the your contact information to uh, inside the uh, program description for this sure, podcast? Sure, definitely. All right. So for the audience, if uh, while, while you're listening to this podcast, look at the pro- program description. You'll find Kelvin's information if you would like to reach out and have him as a motivational speaker or to engage him uh, with uh, some ideas for your program. Um, Kelvin, again, thank you. Also, uh, I, I did uh, a yeah. couple of trio programs have used. Uh, I, I co-authored a book. I was one of 20 co-authors with kind of a, a book and a couple of trio programs have used the book, whether wow. it's North Carolina Central State, yeah. uh, North Carolina Central University, Wichita State University trio program, uh, Still I Thrive. Uh, they did use the book and it, it, it helps with mental health, uh, overcoming obstacles. It's just a good book for, for trio students or for anyone who just to, 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 and that it helps in that regard. What we'll do is we'll provide a link to 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 that book. Uh, Kelvin, can you, uh, you you'll be able to send me the link to the textbook and I can or the book and I can link it. Yeah, definitely, definitely one, definitely I would do that. Perfect. Yes, um, reflecting on your educational career, what is some advice that you would like to share with trio students that are listening? Believe in yourself. Uh, don't doubt who you are and, and what you can do. Um, don't doubt your greatness. Don't doubt your potential. Whether you, you are first, but you're first because you, you know, you have something inside of you that can propel you to do some great things. So, um, so that, that's what I would advise, you know, and, and I, I mean, I, I don't want to use, um, there's certain terms people, I think sometimes overuse, but, you know, but, uh, I think you, you ought to know your why. You ought to have a why and a drive. And, and if you know those things, even when times get difficult, it will it will help you to, to maintain and to go forward, even when there are tough times. Because when there, there are tough times in life, you'll be able to still stay stay focused because of you, you knowing your why and knowing you know what you you're caught you're going to achieve and what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. Are there any people you would like to recognize that supported your educational journey? Uh, my mom uh, and my dad. Uh, my mom. Uh, and um, I, I would say my, my middle school teachers, um, some of my high school teachers, uh, you know, Miss Butler, some of my high school teachers, and um, I, I, I really appreciated that they didn't give up. Even in college, they didn't give up on me. Uh, even when I was shaky, they they still believed in me. So so I, I thank them for I thank them for believing in me 
even sometimes when I might not have believed in myself. Right on, right on. I like that. Um, what would you like to say to trio professionals or trio staff members that are listening right now? I would just say keep up, keep doing what you're doing. I know that a lot of times trio professionals are trying to maximize their grant and maximize what they're achieving. So I would just say that uh, continue to seek out, you know, learn and, and grow in your knowledge and, and keep keep doing what you're doing because you're making a difference in the lives of so many people by by doing what you're doing. So just okay. you know, stay at it and, and stay focused and, and keep keep doing what you're doing. If you could sum up this podcast episode in one word, what would it be? Um, I don't want to say cheesy. <laughs> I <don't laughs> say, I <don't... laughs> no, no, just I, I don't want to use a cheesy word. What I mean, I, I gotcha. would, I would say, uh, <laughs> I, I would say, great. Um, that's that's in generic, but but I would say, dedicated. Dedicated. Dedicated okay. to dedicated to the advancement of trio, advancement of, of young people, advancement of high, you know, advancement of, of students. So dedication, dedication. Uh, I like that, and we're going to title the uh, the this podcast episode "Dedicated." Uh, Kelvin, great, great. Yes, <laughs> Kelvin, <laughs> it was such a pleasure having you on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Uh, we should do this again. Oh, I'd love to. Definitely, when we can, when you, I know you got. A, a lot of guests, but whenever you get back, <laughs> out, whenever you get out of your line, we get back. <laughs> Definitely, we need to do this again. Um, once we get through all the guests uh, that we that responded in the in the messages on LinkedIn, uh, we'd love to have you on again. Um, so we have a tradition on this podcast that we have our guests sign off. Would you like to do the honors? Well, I thank you guys for being a part of Let's Talk Trio. This wonderful podcast that works to advocate and evolve for TRIO programs. And until next time, TRIO works. Thank you so much, Kelvin. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public. What a great episode with Kelvin Weathers. He is a trio advocate and motivational speaker and graduate of Texas Southern University. Kelvin, thank you so much for being on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. You too can be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario O'Reilly, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can be a patron of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Head on over to Patreon. Search for Let's Talk Trio. Our Tier one level for a basic membership and sponsorship is at a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business and would like to advertise in this podcast, uh, sign up on our corporate sponsorship on Patreon for $100 a month. We will weave in your ad on this podcast for every episode we publish in that month. Contact us for details. 
I want to take a moment to also thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Scott Kendall, Tony Ho, Roderick Chambers, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, music producer, music composer, editor, and audio engineer. Amelia Castañeda, marketing manager, social media manager, script supervisor, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host.